Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Eddie P. Um, I, uh, this is actually the first time that I've ever spoken besides, you know, sharing uh, at meetings. So uh, bear with me, but I'm excited to be here. I wanted to actually read just a little bit from uh, the AA Big Book, uh, just because this passage, I think, is the encapsulation of what my entire program is to me now. But uh, this is from A Vision for You. It's a very small passage, and it begins like this. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. So um, I, I decided to follow for this uh, bit uh, of speaking, just like the format of, of how it used to be, what happened, and then what it's like now. Um, that's the format that I've heard from a, a few podcasts that really helped me along the way. So I'll go ahead and do that that way. So how it used to be, um, my disease definitely comes from my childhood and is basically one of those hereditary style of, uh, of, of diseases. Um, my mother has a lot of the same or had a lot of the same tendencies that I do with food, one of the one of the biggest things being hiding and eating in secret. So when I was a kid, uh, there was never any shortage of food. My parents would constantly uh, ask me to, to eat more at dinner and things like that. But more uh, dangerous than that, I think, is that uh, whenever my dad would buy something sweet, my uh, dad and I would have a small amount during the day, and then uh, he'd buy a whole pack of it, right? And then the next day we'd wake up and everything would be gone because my mother over the night would, would have, have eaten up of it uh, secretly and wouldn't have told anyone. And so I inherited that somehow. Uh, but I always had, I was always a little bit overweight and always ate a little bit more than I think I should have. But it took me up through getting into OA to realize that, that the real issue was really the, the hiding and the lying. Um, about food because because I, I never realized that I was using that hiding and that lying to sort of get away from uh, my well regular everyday emotions really um, that that everyone goes through but uh, you know, I, I used food to, to avoid those but uh, what happened is <laughs> uh, you know this is something my sister told me one time um, she, she, she at one point was over 400 pounds, uh, and, and suffering from similar things, but she said, I can eat perfectly all day, but then, uh, I'll eat an entire key lime pie. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention food. Apologies for anyone that I may have triggered with that. Uh, so anyway, she'll say, you know, I, I'll eat an entire dessert 
um, at the end of the, the day after having a perfect day of, of, of eating. Uh, and I, I am, have been kind of like that. The way that I actually found OA was through my mom about 10 or 12 years ago. Um, I, I, she told me that she had gone at some point. And so I thought I might check it out. But I walked up to the door of a library where they were having a meeting and was too afraid to go in. But uh, I had told my wife about that at some point, uh, maybe a year and a half ago. And um, the conversation, the reason why I told her was that we were both dieting and uh, trying to lose weight traditional ways in traditional ways. And uh, we were both following the same diet and tracking our foods together uh, using um, uh, like an app tool. And she noticed that somehow I was still gaining weight, even though we were both dieting. And, and according to this app, I was, I had a calorie deficit and all that stuff that you do when you diet. And so she just kind of was like, what's, what's going on? And so I finally started gushing uh, and telling her the truth, which is that Pretty much every night, uh, I would come up with some kind of excuse to leave the house and go to uh, a convenience store or something and, and get, oh, let's say like 1,500 or 2,000 calories of, of some junk, right? And then I would drive around in the dark eating this stuff and go buy, I don't know, a part for the sink or something like that from Home Depot uh, and then uh, come back home and be too tired and too guilty and feel too bad to even fix this sink problem that I somehow said was urgent. And I also don't, I don't understand how I went, you know, months and years without like realizing that I had strung together the most ridiculous explanations for leaving the house uh, imaginable. Um, but anyway, uh, every night I would do these things and I finally told my wife all about this and what had been going on and of course for her a lot of things clicked like yeah that makes sense the, the sink never got fixed and it was so urgent in the moment <laughs> things like that so uh she actually told me you know you should go to OA but I was really hesitant to and she the next day told me I I texted the local uh uh runner of the OA meeting in in town here and you're going on Thursday. So I ended up going and I, for the first time met people who, you know, experienced the same things outside of my own family. So it's not just a secret or a shared thing that my family and I have now. It's, it's uh, also, you know, all of you in a way. So uh, I became really obsessed with the program, really loved it, of course. And, uh, listen to a lot of podcasts that um, I, I have a, I have an obsessive personality. Uh, I, I can't imagine that any of you have an obsessive personality, but um, I began listening to, to tons and tons of, of speaker meetings and things like that. And of course, read books and, and everything and got really into to OA. And I, I got really stringent with the notion of abstinence with counting days, um, days abstinent, and, but, but one of the things that I struggled with the most was 
I really needed a very black and white definition of abstinence for myself, but I, I couldn't figure it out for me. What was it exactly that, uh, was, was the, where, where did I cross the line? Right. So I, I give this talk with all this, you know, this, this knowledge and, 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 uh, hindsight to be able to say that hiding and secret eating uh, and all of the really the avoidance that 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 is a symptom of is really what I try to be abstinent from today but I didn't know this at first there was I was totally unaware that that you know maybe eating a little extra for me maybe eating a little extra for breakfast or having a little a tablespoon of sugar or something like that um, in, in some cereal or something like that. Uh, maybe that was not, um, not the issue, but at, at the time I did think that it was, and I, I was doing a lot of pendulum swinging. Uh, and, and let me just say this by, uh, with the, the caveat that of course, you know, as we say, my abstinence could kill you. So, so this is my abstinence, right. I'm describing what, um, what it means for me. So, uh, but, but what I found is that, um, through doing the, the fourth and fifth step and working with a sponsor, uh, I found that my life has had a number of major moments where I've, uh, tried to, tried to avoid just the, 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 you know, the basic everyday um, emotions that, that come with, with being a person and being alive. And um, I, I would just uh, hide my emotions in food. And those are the things that really mattered to me to not keep doing. And so I finally had a decent definition of abstinence. At the same time, uh, I actually experienced a pretty big relapse um, approximately oh, six months or so ago where my sponsor at the time decided to join another fellowship, but continued sponsoring me. And this other fellowship had a different definition of, of, of recovery period. It was much more um, flexible, much more about you know, identifying your emotions around uh, instances of compulsive eating and not necessarily attempting to directly stop those instances of compulsive eating, but trying to understand and reflect on them and things like that. But uh, I went along with this and I, I tried to hang on to this person, which is something I think we learn uh, is uh, when we read the uh, traditions about anonymity, right? That people are not uh, the... Specific people are not the point of OA, that we shouldn't hang on to those specific people because when we do, we lose sight of the principles um, of OA, which matter more. And uh, I held on to this person, even though they were completely uh, outside of OA. And uh, I began to drift uh, away from OA, away from the principles and was soon back at the convenience store at night. And 
when I finally came back to OA after finally telling that person that I, I couldn't be sponsored by them anymore, I was so thankful to have that experience because I realized what I had been missing from OA and had a newfound appreciation for it and also uh, learned that lesson about principles. But um, one thing that, that became important to me was that I did like some aspects of that experience with that sponsor. One of the biggest things is that uh, I realized before I actually started relapsing, I, I wasn't really abstinent, even though I had been counting, you know, let's say at that point, you know, almost 90 days of abstinence or something. Uh, I really wanted to hang on as well to, to the number, to the number of days that I had been abstinent. And I realized that I, I could make this my own program. I can make it my own absence within the boundaries of OA. And I don't have to count abstinence days. That is one thing that kept me uh, sort of lying about my own absence is that I can't give up this, this huge count. You know, I can't give up this count of 90 days. So one of the things I've begun doing is, is or that I've stopped doing is counting uh, my abstinence days. Uh, so now I guess Eddie, we're getting to. Eddie, you have a couple more minutes speaking of cool. counting. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, so I guess we're into to what it's like now. But I don't count abstinence. Um, abstinence means one thing to me now, which is whether or not I eat things in private that I do. I feel like I'm trying to hide from something. Um, that is my line of abstinence. Uh, I try to pray every day and ask for help from God from the start of the day. Uh, God is a huge topic that I've left out of this for me, but I just practice blind faith. Um, and where I, I just, you know, I guess it could be a doorknob, but I've chosen to use the term God. Uh, and I pray to it every day, um, attend meetings when I can, uh, and attempt to remember the passage at the beginning that I read to you all. Um, above all, the phrase trudge the road of happy destiny is the most important phrase to me in maybe any book, uh, ever, which is that, um, we, we may not experience uh, happy destiny, but we're, as long as we stay on the road uh, and, and we may not be walking joyfully all the time, maybe we're trudging, but that's the point is to meet one another as we trudge the road of happy destiny. So thank you. That's my talk, I guess. And I, I hope some someone got something. So thanks.